for tuning in to Narda Ministries Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda Dickson, your host. And today I have a word from the Lord, and this word will transform your life if you apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. Father, I want to worship you. I want to say how much I love you. Thank you for this opportunity to serve your people once again. As the baby birds look to their mama bird to feed them, oh, we look to heaven and we look to your hand to feed us the bread of life. We are hungry and we are thirsty, Lord. We long for you. Let your spirit of truth echo through the atmosphere and let it permeate through every airway and every platform. Let it infiltrate into every room, every house, every bedroom, every building, Lord God, every heart. And anywhere and everywhere that this word is heard, let it bring deliverance. Let it break chains. Let it break mind mind bondage. Let it bring healing. Release your anointing so that your people can be refreshed, restored, and renewed. Unveil your mind to us. Communicate your heart so that we may know what your perfect will is. We need clarity. We need instruction, God, and we need direction. I ask you to, add, to, to shatter our ignorance with your knowledge, pulverize our ideologies, tear down our theories, our presumptions and assumptions, and strip us of religious habits, Lord. Strip us of powerless rituals, Lord. Invade our religious mindsets and uproot any false teaching. Replace them with your wisdom, with the knowledge of your truth, and with this knowledge, give us your understanding. Open our eyes within our eyes, and let wisdom be multiplied, and let it blanket over us like a shield of protection, Lord. Sear your words into our hearts this day and let it fall on good ground. Holy Spirit, seal this word as we give ourselves to you. And Father, I submit myself to your Lordship. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. And so teach us today in Yeshua's name, the name that is above all names. Amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'll be reading from the book of Exodus chapter 16 verses 9 through 15. Then Moses said to Aaron, tell the whole congregation of Israel, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as Aaron was speaking to the whole congregation of Israel, they looked toward the desert, and there in a cloud the glory of the Lord appeared. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, And in the morning, you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. If we back up the story to the chapter before, the Lord had delivered the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt and brought them miraculously through the Red Sea. For many years, they had heard how God was going, you know, to bring them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. The the prophetic promise of deliverance from their oppressors was now fulfilled, and they are found, you know, singing songs of deliverance. They're worshiping, they're dancing, and they're praising God. But how many of us know that when God first delivers us from bondage and gives us a prophetic word about where he is taking us, we are men's most happiest people. What the Israelites are picturing in their mind is beautiful, is something glorious, is is, is awesome. What they envision is outlandish and something they cannot wait to see unfold. 
Has God ever spoken a word or showed you in a vision your future estate? Think about how excited you were, how powerful and strong in the Lord you felt. You knew that you could just walk on water. You know, you could do all things through the Messiah and his anointing. That's what it made you feel like. But just three days out of their exodus, three days, hard times hit. They have no water, and their first response is to murmur against Moses. You know, it's so easy to forget what God has done and how good he has been at the first sign of trouble. They have forgotten all about what had just taken place only three days before. And so they begin to reminisce. You know, they, they start to roll back the curtain about some of the things that as slaves they used to eat or, you know, they, they, like the fish and the beef and the pork chops and the bacon. Now, I know that that's not really what they ate because they ate kosher, but you get the idea. They were thinking about how the things that they had back in Egypt. And they had just encountered the supernatural. Freedom from their oppressors as they are now in an overflowing abundance. They were brought out with silver and with gold, with liberty, and on their way to, be, you know, to embrace their new homeland. God had just given them a live aquarium. What a show on both sides as they passed through on dry land. And instead of looking to God for the answer, they murmured. God heard them complaining. God heard your conversation. Long story short, God provides another miracle by turning bitter waters into sweet and provides shade for them. Now, fast forwarding, they are now about a month and a half, about six weeks or so, into their journey. And that's where we picked up in verse 9, where, where we hear the Lord saying, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your murmurings. Now, back to verse 2, this is what they said. And there in the desert, they all grumbled against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, they said. There we sat by pots of meat and ate our fill of bread. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this whole assembly to death. Hear their faithless words. Listen to their disgruntle and their ungratefulness. God has heard the complaining of his people. But one of the things that I just love about our Father God is that he is merciful and long-suffering and patient and kind with us. And, you know, he understood the frustration of his children. So he tells Moses that he will feed them meat in the evening and bread in the morning until they were full. And then he told them to look toward the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a place where things are extremely dry. Nothing really grows in the wilderness that would be considered, you know, fruitful. In the wilderness, you have to make do, D-U-E. It means, you know, to make the best use of whatever is provided in the unsuitable situation. You have to budget, you have to plan, you know, you just can't go and do because there isn't enough to stretch. The provision is just enough to make do. Now, I know I can't hear you, but somebody say, make do. But the Lord said, look towards the place that you are calling dry. Look into the place in your life where you feel inhibited, where you feel limited and restricted. 
Because here what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now, I am going to make do, D-E-W, spring up in your life, for I shall be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Glory to God. Now let's read verses 4 through 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Each day the people are to go out and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test whether or not they will follow my instructions. Then on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, this evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the Lord's glory because he has heard your grumbling against him. For we, for who are we that you should grumble against us? And Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and bread to fill you in the morning. He has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? Your grumblings are not against us but against the Lord. And as Aaron was speaking to the whole congregation of Israel, they looked toward the desert, and there in the cloud, the glory of the Lord appeared. Moses, in verse 8, where it says, and Moses added, he was reiterating to the people that, listen, you are talking, complaining about us, and attacking us, and it is a sin because you're murmuring against the work of God. We've done what the Lord God has commanded us to do. Stop making life more complicated for your leaders, amen? Trust what the Lord is doing through them, and if you cannot be a blessing and a source of help to hold up their arms like Aaron and her, you know, how they held up Moses' arms so that the people could prevail, don't add to their burden with your bad behavior and your scoffing remarks. Just move out the way. Just step aside and move out the way. Because even the Messiah in John chapter 10 was confronting the unbelief of the Jews who attacked him for declaring to be the Son of God. And so he said, you know, you know, even if you don't believe me because of the work that I do, believe in the evidence of the miraculous work I have done. And then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Now let's jump forward to verse uh, 13. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the, and in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew had evaporated, there were thin flakes on the desert floor, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, what is it? But they did not know what it was. But when the people saw it, they said, manna, which means, what is it? Most times, the promises of God spoken over our lives does not look like what we expected when it comes. They asked, what is it, because they could not discern what it was. It didn't look like anything familiar. It wasn't anything common to them. It didn't look like anything, you know, that they had been accustomed to. Manna, what is it? What answers or provisions that God sent into your life that you have sidestepped, that you have ignored or even rejected because you cannot discern what they were or who they were to you? Where are you today? What place has God led you to that you are now left confused? 
I know you heard him clearly when you first started. I know you have prophetic words spoken over your life that confirms what God had shown you. But hearing what was promised is looking absolutely nothing like what you are possessing right now. I know that like Abraham, you heard him say go. But now that you've obeyed, you have found yourself in the middle of somewhere that, you know, you, it can't be explained or reason. You're not where you used to be, but you're not where you want to be. And you are in this, you know, this dry, this barren-looking place in the wilderness. You're experiencing hardship, and your heart is filled now with grief. The promise looks nothing like what you pictured and surely not what you had in mind. And now the hard times have left you crying out to God, and you're saying, what is it, Lord? Manna, but I want to encourage you today. I want you to encourage you. I want to encourage you to trust the process. He knows what he's doing, even if you don't. I'm sure that the five daughters of, of Zelophehad in Numbers 27 asked the same question as they faced the horror of losing their rightful inheritance. Their father had died, and now their future was at risk. Their future was dependent on the inheritance of their father's land. But they were about to lose their future that was attached to the inheritance because their father had no sons. And because he had no sons, according to the law in Numbers 26, the land of Israel was to be allocated to the various tribes, but only to male descendants. So if there were no male descendants, then according to the accepted practice, the brothers of the deceased, were to inherit the land. Not the fair law, you might think, but it was what it was, okay? But listen, these five sisters, I, I love these ladies, they got together. These five women, see, they knew their God, and they knew that he was not an unjust God. So what did they do? They got up and out of their tents and made their way to where the Ark of the Covenant rested. There's so much to you know to glean from this story, and I, and I might peel it you know better in another teaching. But in short, despite the crisis of their present condition, these women made a bold decision to take their lives into their own hands. And the text reads in Numbers 27 that they came forward. These five women they dared to come out of their imposed assigned place in society. Because you see, in those days, women had no authority like that. And often, you know, they remained close to their own tent and their families, and they were not heard, you know, much and, and often out of sight. But, oh, not these five lives. These five knew who to go to, and they allowed their crisis to lead them straight into the place of supreme authority. You see, we must know where to go and to whom to go to for our justice for whatever we need. And instead of griping all the time, instead of complaining and gossiping and getting ourselves into trouble because of the two big doors on our faces called lips, we need to learn to go to the source to find help in our time of need. Amen? These daughters refused to sit there and die. They refused to let their crisis keep them locked up, caged up in their tents. These thought, you know, they were sharp. These girls were sharp, and they were educated. They knew history, and they knew the law, and they possessed the acumen to, to recognize this omission in God's law. And because they knew, and because they knew that God 
was a God of justice, hear me. Without being summoned, they made haste to the ark of the tabernacle of the Lord. Glory to God. You see, we need to be making haste. Yeshua, who is our high priest, understands every weakness of ours because he was tempted every way that we are, yet without sin. So the scripture says that let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may find mercy, receive, you know, mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So with the whole tribe of Israel encamped around with boldness and courage, encouraged, they step into the place where the authorities' figures sat. And, you know, they were all men. And here, the, the high priest, the high-ranking officials, its leaders, you know, Moses, all of them congregated here. Imagine how intimidating this move must have been for them. It had never been done before. And imagine greater how the men, you know, how, must have, how, how they must have, you know, reacted when they saw the women coming. Yet purpose drew them to this place. The scripture tells us that with complete confidence and supporting their, you know, their claim with compelling arguments, this is the place the daughters came to claim their rights. It is in this very place that the Lord responds by lovingly and justly enacting a permanent law that secures not only their claim, but the rights of any future daughter in such a case. It was the, the pursuit of purpose that caused God to change a law he himself had inscribed and one that could not be erased. They changed history. But you can read the rest of the story. Now let's get back to Exodus chapter 15. The do. D-E-W. Now somebody say the dew. The dew has fallen, and it is sitting and waiting to be gathered outside of their tent. When the dew falls, know that something is about to happen. Something miraculous is about to take place. The dew is indicative of the Holy Spirit. It is like the anointing oil that ran down Aaron's beard, even unto the skirts of his garment. When the Holy Spirit begins to pour over your life, when you feel the anointing hoovering, touching you, moving you to a place of purpose, know that the bread of heaven is about to fall. You see, your miracle is about to take place. Your provision is about to drop outside your tent. Notice that when the manna dropped, it drops outside the tent. They were in the inside looking on the outside. So it was outside the house, outside the tent, where they could see it. Can you see your dream? The vision that God gave you to fulfill is within your house. It is living inside you. It is in your thought. It is in your heart and in your spirit, man. But even though it is living inside of you, the time will come. When you will have to go outside the house to get it, you will have to go outside of the tent, outside of your comfort zone, outside of your fears, outside of your insecurities, outside of your doubts, outside of your limitations, outside of your restrictions. You will have to go outside for it and gather it for yourself. But going for it is going to be determined by how hungry you are for God. How deep is your thirst? 
is the desire to embrace and pursue all God has for you, and all you see outside your tent, is it deep enough to make you reach for it? Is it strong enough to make you stretch towards it? How much do you really long for it? And are you willing to leave lot, which means delay? How desperate are you to answer the call that you are willing to do the Abraham walk and just go? Is your desire desperate enough to lose your life for his sake? How hungry are you? If you want the bread of life, you will have to leave the, tw- the tent and quit hanging around the lot in your life. You've got to be like Ruth who said, wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. You've got to be like Esther who said, no man calls me, but if I perish, I perish. And you've got to be like the five daughters of Zelophehad who said, I'm going to pursue and I'm going to claim what's rightfully mine. I know culture teaches that I cannot do this or I cannot do that, but you know what? later for you. I'm going anyway because unlike you, I know in whom I have believed in. And I am convinced, glory to God, that he is able to guard and to keep what I have entrusted to him for that day. And for this reason, even though I suffer as I do, I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. You see, when man becomes hungry, He becomes desperate, and desperate people do desperate things. There was a woman with an issue of blood. Culture and religion told her she was an outcast because of her condition, but her desperate situation made her break all the rules, and she touched Yeshua the Messiah, and guess what? She got her healing. She got her breakthrough. She got her life back. I don't know the reasons why you came today. Some may have come from mere speculation, Uh, Others may have come because it was just something to do, but I believe that there is a remnant here, and you came because you are hungry. You are hungry for more of God, and you are hearing his call. Many of you are drowning in the turbulent sea of life, and and if you don't get a hold of this word, you're going to sink. The voyage has been a rough one. You've lost much. And you don't even know how you're still making it or or if you will even ever recover. But God is saying, come near, draw closer. Because you see, when you come closer to the Father's heart, you begin to hear his heartbeat. You begin to feel his pulse. You'll begin to see the glory. I want you to look. Look at the bread of heaven. You see, Yeshua is the bread of life. He is our daily bread. And even if that is all he is providing for, you hear me, you need to be thankful because God wastes nothing. Even in the little, he is teaching you how to stretch what you have, how to work what you have. Some of you would have never, ever known that you could do what you do, but because of the season of your little, it caused a stirring of a gift you didn't know you had within you. Look outside the tent. Look past the walls of your limitations and restrictions because every day he is working something out of you and working something in you. And because you have made a sound decision to consecrate yourselves, you lay yourself as a, as a living sacrifice on the altar. He is purging. He's purging you within the confinements of the clouds. He's working out that, you know, that nasty attitude you have and, and he's working in some gentleness and kindness. 
He's working out that prideful look about you and working in humility and meekness. And these are all relevant character traits you are going to need for the next level. Hear me good. Until you lay that character on the altar and let God sanctify and purge you, you ain't going nowhere. I want you to know that the glory of the Lord is here. He's here. You have been called. He has summoned you. You have been called for such a time as this. You are a child of purpose, and you have a divine assignment. Yeshua made it possible for you to become royal diadems on the earth. We are his kings and queens, and we have been given a royal mandate to fulfill. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. But in order to represent him effectively, you've got to come nearer. He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw nearer to you. It's time you stop looking from within your tent. The dream doesn't always have to remain a vision in your head. It can become a reality if you would just come out of your tent and reach for it. Can you see the bread? Yeshua, look, he's, he's waiting to be gleaned by your desire. He is passionate about filling your life, but you've got to crave him. You've got to hunger for him. You've got to, to, to thirst after him. Matthew 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, not after stuff, not after people, not after positions and fame and titles. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, but they shall be filled. I know that many of you are needing a miracle right now. You, you know, you have this long overdue breakthrough that you've been waiting for. I've come to tell you that a supernatural intervention is coming. It's coming, and it actually is here. And I want you to know that the bread, the bread of life, he is your provision, and it's about to drop. And as you have purpose to realign and position your heart today to draw closer, now go into your secret closet. Go into your secret chambers because it is there that he will meet with you. And it is there that you will experience the dew from heaven, the manna, the bread of life himself. But you must come near. Once again, Father, I have delivered your word to your people. I have obeyed your voice. Now, Lord, sanctify them through your truth, for thy word is truth. I don't ever want to close this program without extending an invitation to pray for anyone, anyone who does not know Yeshua as Lord. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And like many traveling through the oceans of life, we all have taken a beating at some time or another. We all have needed some rest. We all have been heavy laden and burdened. But I want you to know that God, the Father, loves you and has a plan for your life. But it is our sins, our rebellion against God and his word that will keep us separated from him. But his son, Yeshua, he is calling you. He is saying, come, come near. Come all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
for I am the door to the Father. There is no man that can come to the Father in heaven except they come through me. The Bible says, you must be born again. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, and eternal life, it is a gift. And it is made available to anyone who repents, anyone who believes and confesses that Yeshua is Lord and that he died and rose from the dead to save mankind. This gift cannot be earned. It cannot be bought or by simply being good. It is a matter of faith and trust in a loving Savior. And if you would like to receive Yeshua into your heart, please pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Your word says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on you right here and right now. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash and cleanse me in your blood. I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord over my life. And according to your word, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Yeshua and believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I confess and declare that Yeshua is Lord of my life. I thank you for the gift of salvation through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And by faith, I now receive this gift of eternal life. In Yeshua's name, I am saved. Amen and amen. If you have prayed this prayer with your whole heart, I want to welcome you into the family of God. This is the beginning of a new journey, a new you. God has now redirected your ship of life, but you will need discipleship. You need to be with other believers where you can grow and learn more about God and his word. We would love to connect with you if you don't have a home church and you live in the Grayson County, North Texas region. I recommend to you God's House of Faith and Worship Center located at 320 North Travis Street in Denison, Texas. This is a biblically sound and thriving ministry. Please use the contact link on our social media pages or website to let us know your testimony and how this ministry has influenced your life. To learn more, please visit www.nardagoodson.com. Thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place, for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed word of God, where Yeshua is Lord and of his kingdom there shall be no end.